in Joshua chapter 8, I, I need to, to say to you that th- this is really a narrative on a battle plan is all it really is, but there's so much hidden truth in, in this particular chapter. What we are going to learn is, is what we have seen in, in the last couple of weeks, how Joshua got ahead of himself. He went out before he should have into the city of Ai. They end up losing about 36 men, and they, the, the, the people of Ai chased them out of their uh, town. And so Israel, as we, we studied last week, and Joshua was feeling just as low as he could possibly feel. He thought, for goodness sakes, the Lord God said He would be with me always, and maybe you felt this. And here, he's, here He wasn't with me. And what had happened was, is what we're going to learn today, is that Joshua got out ahead of God. Joshua moved when he shouldn't have moved. He, he felt confident in and of himself, and he started to make a, a move apart from God. And that is a lesson that every one of us should learn. We should know our strengths We should know especially our weaknesses and we should serve the Lord allowing Him to strengthen us at every turn within our lives. And so now Achan, who made a tremendous mistake, who who stole what he shouldn't have stole, everyone knew that that, that what they captured in the city of Jericho was not for them to have. It was a It was something that was to be given to God and God alone. It was for His treasury. And Achan stole. And you're going to see a sad statement about that today in our lesson here in the 8th chapter. But Achan, to his credit, confessed completely what he did. And then Joshua judged his sin through the Lord God that had defiled the camp. Once that was done, now God came back to lead Joshua and Israel once again in the promised land. First and foremost, great lesson we learn from this particular chapter, and it is this. No matter what mistakes you and I may make, and we will all make them, the worst mistake of all is once we have fallen, once we've sinned, not to get up, not to cleanse ourselves by confessing our sins and allowing God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then to get up and try again. You see, the victorious Christian life is nothing if it isn't a series of new beginnings. Once you sin, to confess your sin is to start a new beginning. And that is what chapter 8 is really all about. There are two places in Scripture before we read here that you might listen to or look at, especially John chapter 10. If, while I'm reading uh, Psalms 37, if you were to want to turn to John chapter 10, there are two places in Scripture that allows us to see very clearly, but it is a theme that runs throughout all of the Bible. And the theme is that God holds us in His hands and He will never, ever let us go. In Psalms 37, verses 23 and 24, it says, The steps of a person are established by the Lord and God delights in our way. When we fall, it says, He will not be, we will not be hurled headlong because... 
The Lord is the one who holds our hand. That theme of the Lord holding our hand runs throughout all of Scripture. John chapter 10, starting with verse, you could start almost anywhere, but verse 24 really gives the picture. Jesus Christ is before the Jewish religious leaders of their day. And they're quizzing him. They've always quizzed him. They want, he has told them over and over and over again that he is their Messiah. He is God come to this earth. Now, they ask him in verse 24. Let's just start there in John chapter 10. They, they gathered around Jesus Christ and were saying to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Well, Jesus Christ answered them in verse 25 and said, I've told you, you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, these testify of me, but you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. He says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And he says in verse 28, watch, I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish because no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. And there's the theme throughout Scripture that you and I are held by God Almighty. But Jesus Christ goes one step further. Jesus says, I hold you in my hand. And then he says in verse 29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. It's like this, folks. It's, and then he goes on to say, I and my Father are one. And so he again tells them that they want to know plainly, are you the Christ? Yes, I and my Father are one. You see God, you see me. You, you, you see me, you see God. But what he says is here, this is you, he says, and I have you securely in my hand and I will never, ever lose you. I will never, ever leave you. No one will be able to snatch you out of my hand. But he says, my Father, who is greater than all, he also holds you in his hands. And it's like it's a double, double feature. You have been held by the hands of God Almighty and his Son, Jesus Christ. That's the theme. And that's what you must and I must remember as we go through this eighth chapter. Believe me, this is not a chapter you want to read normally in church, and this is certainly not a chapter you want to read around Christmas Eve or anything like that. It is, it is a, a treacherous, treacherous chapter. I want to teach this before I read any further. It's, it's a difficult lesson that is taught throughout Scripture, and it is this. Note the difficulty that it's going to take Israel to overcome Ai. Ai was only about 12,000 people. When the spies came back to Joshua, they weren't kidding when they said, we don't need everybody. We can, we can overcome this city. And they weren't kidding. And so, as you're going to see, Joshua listened to them. Maybe Joshua listened to them because he was a spy once that went out and came back and told everybody, we can go into the promised land even though it, it, it looks like they're giants, we can overcome. We can overcome. And so Joshua might have remembered that. But he shouldn't have gone in without God's say-so. 
And you and I should never move without God moving us. The lesson here that we, we need to learn, though, is the difficulty that it takes to recover lost ground. In other words, in the life of every single one of us, there is a moment of disobedience that can result in way too many years of misery unless you and I can confess our sins and get right with God immediately. But lost ground at times is hard to recover. I especially say that to people who are uh, striving to be in ministry like a senior pastor or um, anyone in, in a pastorate. You, you think about it. You ask any preacher who sadly was caught in a moment of indiscretion, indiscretion or a moment of disobedience. And you ask them, what would they have given not to do that? I have some names that come to my mind, some pastors that were famous and sinned deeply and lost their ministry. A moment of indiscretion, indiscretion can, can cause sometimes years of misery. And so, as we study through this chapter, I want you to remember that, sear that within your heart. Try not to sin. There's so much more to say about that, but I don't want to. I'm going to read 29 verses in chapter 8 because this is really a narrative of how to go to battle. Uh, most of this we're just going to read for our knowledge. But we're going to learn some tremendous lessons through it all. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear or be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king just as you did to Jericho and its king. You shall take only its spoil and its cattle as plunder for yourselves. Set an ambush for the city behind it. So in verse 3, Joshua rose with the people of war, uh, of war to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 men, valiant warriors, and sent them out at night. He commanded them, saying, See, you are going to ambush the city from behind it. Don't go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city, and it will come about when they come out to meet us as at the first that we will flee before them. In other words, let me explain. Verse 6, when they went there before, they were going to defeat Ai. Ai came out, took them, and beat them, made Israel retreat. That's when he says at the first, the first battle that they went to Ai. They, they got beaten. So he says, verse 6, they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city, for they will say, they are fleeing before us as at the first so we will flee before them. And you then shall arise from your ambush and take possession of the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. Then it will be when you have seized the city that you shall set the city on fire. You shall do it according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them away, and they went to a place of ambush and remained between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua spent that night among the people. 
verse 10. Now Joshua rose early in the morning and mustered the people, and he went up with the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. Then all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near and arrived in front of the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between him and Ai. He took about 5,000 men, sent them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. So they stationed the people, all the army that was on the north side of the city, and its rear guard on the west side of the city. And Joshua spent that night in the midst of the valley. came about when the king of Ai saw it, that the men of the city hurried and rose up early and went out to meet Israel in battle. He and all of his people at the appointed place before the desert plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them, and they fled by the way of the wilderness. All the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city so that not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who had not gone out out after Israel. And they left the city unguarded and pursued Israel. Verse 18, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand towards Ai, for I will give it to you, give it unto your hand. So Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand towards the city. And the men in ambush arose quickly from their place. And when he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they quickly set the city on fire. Verse 20, When the men of Ai turned back and looked, behold, the smoke of the city ascended into the sky. And then they had no place to flee this way or that. For the people who had been fleeing to the wilderness turned against the pursuers. And Joshua and all Israel saw that the men in ambush had captured the city and that the smoke of the city ascended and they turned back and they slew the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city and encountered them so that they were trapped in the midst of Israel, some on this side, some on that side. And they slew them until no one was left of those who survived or escaped. They took alive the king of Ai, and they brought him to Joshua. Verse 24, Now it came about when Israel had finished killing all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, in the wilderness, where they had pursued them, and all of them were fallen by the edge of the sword until they were destroyed. Then all Israel returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. And all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. So Joshua did not withdraw his hand from which he stretched out the javelin until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Israel took only the cattle and the spoils of that city as plunder for themselves according to the word of the Lord which he had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation until this day. And then he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua gave command. They took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the city gate and raised over it a great heap of stones that stands to this day. Well, Merry Christmas, right? Uh, Most pastors would not go into that uh, detail. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that you and I must not try and duck and hide from the Word of God. I'm going to prove to you today that this was not a slaughter of some innocent people. I'm going to prove to you today by the Word of God just just a cross-reference of what God thought of Ai and Bethel. 
also what they thought really of, of Jericho, the people there. They were a, uh, a, they were a terrible, terrible people. And God had for years and years and years and years given them all an opportunity to come and to believe in Him, but they refused to do so. They were a decadent group of people. And so God, as we're going to see as we study along, did not want them mixing in with the, with, with the Israelites. And so He ordered them to be slain. Now, how do you defend that? I try not to, to really. That's God's business, not mine. But what I do want us to know is what we learn from this great chapter. And there are a couple of tremendous, tremendous lessons. And so we read that much because it's just a narrative of the fight. But there's so much. Let's get into the God's Word. Let's pray first, please. Lord, thank You for this time of the year. Thank You that we can celebrate Christmas with one another. Thank You for this people here that are my family now. I love every single one of them. And I pray, Father, your blessings upon us at this time of the year that we would celebrate the birth of your Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that baby in the manger, Father, that you gave to this world some 2,000 years ago, grew up to be the one that we all must follow as our Savior and Lord. And Father, as we read this uh, description of what took place in Ai and Bethel, the second battle that Joshua and Israel had after they had lost the first, we learn a tremendous lesson that we not none of us ought to get ahead of you. No matter how surely the victory seems before us, none of us should make a move until we know that your hand is upon us and the situation. And so, Father, please teach us this great lesson and Thank you for every single person here, Father. I love each one so much. I pray that you would take me and move me aside, that uh, this message would be something that you would desire for us to hear from your heart. And so I pray, Father, that you would open up our eyes and that you would open up our hearts and our minds and our thoughts that, that we might behold wonderful things from your most precious word, your law. I pray these things in... Your Son's name, Father, the name in which this church is founded upon. We call ourselves the Rock because, Father, we worship Your Son, Jesus Christ, the very cornerstone of our church and our lives. And so it's in His name, Father, Jesus Christ, Your Son, that we ask You to bless us. Amen. Okay. Here's the first lesson. It's a great one. Really a great one. God knows our hearts. I mean, He knows us. He has made us. He knows exactly what you're like. And so after Joshua was really defeated by not, by not taking Ai, honestly, they should have beaten Ai like that. Uh, the spies were correct. Ai was an easy, easy, easy uh, victory for Israel. But what Joshua didn't do is he didn't rely upon God's timing to move into Ai. And so Joshua did it in his own power. So what does God say to Joshua? He says the same thing he says to you and me. First thing out of our Lord's mouth in verse 1 is to Joshua. He says, don't fear, Joshua. Don't be dismayed. He hears the Lord say these words again. I told you often we were going to go back to chapter 1 and verses 5, 6, 7, and 8 so that we get a real memory of it. Watch. Turn back to chapter 1 of Joshua. Look at verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. 
The Lord God said to Joshua, once Moses was dead, he says, no one, in verse 5, will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I'll be with you, Joshua. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. The Lord says the same thing to you and me. He says, be strong, verse 6, be strong and courageous, for for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only you be strong and very courageous and be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it neither to the right nor to the left, so that you might have success wherever you go. Joshua did turn from it. That was Joshua's mistake in Ai. He did not stay true to the Word of God. He did not go back to God for for God's assistant when he went into Ai. So God said in verse 8, You should have remembered, Joshua, this book of the law should not depart from your mouth. You should meditate on it day and night, so that you might be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Because then you're going to make your way prosperous and then you're going to have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't tremble. Don't be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so knowing Joshua's heart, knowing your heart, knowing my heart, when we fall short of God's grace, when we disappoint ourselves and realize we've disappointed Him, He comes back to you and me and He says, Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. I am with you. To every single one of us, I say this about this lesson in chapter 8. The fear of your future over the discouragement of your past are reactions that will often accompany failure, feeling of failure, feeling of depression, feeling of loneliness, feeling of doubts, wondering, can I really serve the Lord? All the mistakes that I made... Then we look ahead and we wonder, is there any future for a person like me in the body of Christ who has failed so frequently and who has acted so foolishly? God comes back to you and says, I understand. I know you. I've made you. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. See, like everything to a true believer, which I believe this is what this church is going to really be about, the only real answer, the only true confidence that you and I will ever get in our moments of discouragement, our moments of fear, will come through hearing and, here's the key, believing God at His Word. When He says, I have you in my hand, and no one will be able to take you out of my hand, I have you securely in my hand, and no one is able to steal you from me, and my Father, who is greater than me, He also has you in in your hand, in His hand. And so you are not to be fearful. You are not to be dismayed. You see, God always has a plan for His people. The only way for you and me to have victory, though, is to obey His instruction and His plans for us. I've, I've begged with you, uh, over and over again, to try to find where it is that God is calling you to serve Him so that you can find that purpose in your life that gives you blessings beyond your wildest dreams. It is a safe and wonderful place to be. Joshua's first attack on Ai, he followed the advice of his spies, not his God. And he used only a part of the army. But God's plan now 
is to use everybody. Look at verse 1. Take all the people of war with you. Even though AI is small in number, even though it looks like you can beat it easily, take everyone with you, Joshua, and have a plan. There's going to be an ambush. That's how you're going to win. And so the Lord told Joshua, as we read from verses 2 to 29, I want you to use an ambush and take advantage of AI's self-confidence stemming from their first defeat of you guys when you went in there without my permission and they chased you away. But I want you to note some sadness in this, this particular story. The sadness is, he said to the, the whole nation of Israel and to Joshua, he gave them the right, God did, to claim all the spoils that were in Ai and Bethel. Now you might say, what's so sad about that? The sadness is this, second lesson we can learn in all of this. Had Achan, had Achan just waited upon God's timing, he would have had all the wealth and all the things that he ever needed in his life. But he went ahead of God. He took what was in, in, in Jericho that was not his, and he didn't wait upon God's timing. Had he waited just a few days, he could have taken all the spoil he wanted out of Ai. And out of Bethel. You see, God always gives His best to those of us who leave the choice and the results to Him. Don't you and me run out in front of God. Wait upon His timing. I've, I've asked you and me to remember, uh, to memorize a couple of verses. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you when? At the proper time. God has a timing for you and me. And it is foolhardy for you and, and me to try to run out ahead of God and out ahead of His timing and out ahead of His plan for us. Next verse in in, in 1 Peter 5, 6, verse 7 says this. It says, Cast all your cares all of your anxieties upon me. Why, God says, because I care for you. I thought about a funny thing when I thought about this. I thought about, you know, when you meet young people and you see this one guy, this young guy, or, or this girl. Let's, let's use that as an example. Oh, I'm, oh I, met, I met Mr. Wonderful. I met Mr. Right. He's the best. I want to marry him. I can see me with kids and him, picket fence dogs and all of that. And they pray, oh, God, let me have this man. Let me marry this young man. Oh, I'll give you anything. Let me marry him. And it doesn't work out. So you go back to your class reunion ten years later. And you see this guy and he looks like me. He's balding. His nose looks like it grown. And you go, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you that you didn't answer that prayer. You know, we don't know what God has in store for us. Wait, 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 wait upon God's timing. God has a definite plan for you and me. And the lesson is clear. When we run ahead of the Lord, we can rob ourselves of blessings that we cannot see, nor can we imagine that God has in store for us. And we can hurt ourselves if we run ahead of God, and we can hurt others in the process. 
And so in verses 2 through verse 29, God gives his plan to, to, to Joshua to capture Ai, which is opposite to what Joshua wanted to do originally. Obviously, God wanted to use all of the people. All the people were going to be a part of this blessing of going out and doing battle against Ai and Bethel. And what we learn from that is another wonderful lesson. That there needs to be a recognition of the enemy and its potential and also our strength and our weaknesses. It is a smart person who knows what is their strengths and what are their weaknesses when you're serving the Lord. The primary reason for Joshua and Israel's defeat in Ai was their independence and their overconfidence of their own abilities. Just take a few people. AI is a small place. You can win with just a few. No. God says you need a plan and it needs to be more than you think. Listen to my voice, says God. I want you to know that God told Joshua in verse 18, I want you to lift your javelin, spear, as a signal for Israel as they're going to do battle. It'll be a signal for them to enter into Ai and capture it and then to burn it down. Because the men of Ai will then run out of the village. They'll come chasing after us. I'll lift up my, my spear, my javelin, and then you go in. And then it was a simple matter for the army to over, overcome Ai. It was, it's, you know what it's like? It's like in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. It was the, when Moses was on the hill and, and, and Joshua was doing battle against Amalek. And when Moses had his arms up in the air, Joshua was prevailing. And when Moses' arms got tired and kind of dropped, then, then Amalek would beat up Joshua. And so I can almost hear Joshua saying, get his arms up, you know. And so Aaron and Hur came and supported Moses' arms and Joshua did battle and won. And so Joshua held up the spear. And it says in verse 26, He held up his spear until the victory was theirs. But I want you to know something that is so important and so wrongly thought about our God in the Old Testament. I want to show you. Don't ever think that this battle and this victory was for the slaughter of innocent people. It was clearly God's judgment against a very evil society by a very evil king. Let me show you. Look again at verse 29 of this chapter. Joshua, it says, hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. At sunset, Joshua gave the command. They took his body down from that tree. They threw it at the entrance of the city gate. They raised over it a great heap of stones that stands to this day. Why is that so important? Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 and 23. Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23. God says, If a man has committed a sin worthy of death, that man is to be put to death, and you shall hang him on a tree. Verse 23 tells us his corpse shall not hang all night on that tree, though. You shall surely bury him on the same day, goes to say, for he who is hanged is accursed of God, so that you do not defile your land, which the Lord your God will give you for an inheritance. 
The king of Ai and the people of Ai had many opportunities to come to know and believe in Jesus Christ. They were an evil, decadent people proven by how God ordered Joshua to kill their king. The previous heap of stones we saw built were in Gilgal. They were stones of defeat due to Achan's sin. But here, in verse 29, the heap of stones in Ai was a memorial for Israel's victory over their enemy. And so what we see from that is obeying the word of the Lord brings victory out of our mistakes and defeats. As we began this message, as the Lord began this message for us this morning, I want to close with the same thought. No matter what mistake you or I might make, the worst mistake that you and I can ever make is when we have fallen, when we do sin, that we do not get up. We do not cleanse ourselves. We do not confess our sins and allow God Almighty to cleanse us of our sins. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then to get up and try again. You see, the victorious Christian life people is not just being perfect it is nothing if it isn't a series of new beginnings when you are convicted of sin don't let it lay there deal with it confess it let god cleanse you and start your new beginning and do it as often as you need to and so i say to you today as we close this service if you have fallen get up Get up. Don't allow Satan to bring you to a place of fear, a place of disappointments, a place of doubts, a place of failure. Get up. Get up, you born-again warrior who loves Jesus Christ, and fight the good fight. Finish the course that the Lord God has given you and do it all for His glory. That's the way to charge into Christmas. That's the way to celebrate this season. The best gift that you and I will ever receive is eternal life. After we receive eternal life, the best gift is having a clear conscience before our God. There's nothing quite like it. I love you so much. Boy, I love you folks. Whatever you receive, I pray that God will really make it special. I love you so much. Father, I want to thank you for for Joshua. This is a was a tough place to read, Father, but the truth that comes from it is is deep and, and very rewarding. In the midst of of the battle and all the people that you had destroyed, Father, that's hard to explain and it's hard to justify, but Father, who are we? Who are we that we would even consider what you do is incorrect? So, Father, what we need to learn is that we need to get up. When we have fallen, that we not allow Satan to keep us down. That we're to confess our sins and walk with you righteously. That our life in Christ, in your Son, is a series of new beginnings that we have the privilege, Father, of walking in your light just because we can confess the sins that we might have done against you. 
And Father, may we learn a great lesson that Joshua learned. Overtaking Ai was a lot more difficult than he thought because of sin. And what we can learn from that, Father, is that uh, one moment of indiscretion might cause weeks, months, for some even years of misery. May we not allow that to take place, Father. May we, when we do sin, confess quickly and start this new beginning. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, bless these people. Bless them so much. Make this Christmas be one of the most enjoyable that they've ever experienced, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I love you folks more than I can ever put into words. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I'll see you next week.